bold and raw perspectives of local politics. Important information which impacts our community, nation, and world. Exposing truth, transparency, and getting to the heart of relevant issues that you just won't see in the clickbait media. And always keeping it real. It's the Michelle Tanner Podcast. But I won't back down. Welcome to the Michelle Tanner podcast. It's been a few weeks, so I've missed y'all. I went on vacation, so I'm somewhat refreshed. We'll see. Ready to get back to real life and super excited for today's guest. I bet a lot of you guys already know today's guest, but in case you don't, we'll get into some of his background because I just think Eric Mutsos is one of the most awesome humans. We are fortunate to have him down here in Southern Utah as a huge advocate for freedom. How I actually first was introduced to Eric, I think maybe I've told Eric this before, but so it was a few years ago. It was actually kind of right toward the beginning of COVID. So I think it would have been in 2020. I had a couple of people on the same day send me this video of this guy and both of them said, Michelle, we found the male version of you. (laughs) (laughs) And I watched this video and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is so awesome. And then shortly after that, somehow we connected and you told me about this video that you helped, I think, produce and were basically the star of, non-essential. Weren't you in in, uh, D.C. too? Yeah. So we also saw each other at some of the rallies in D.C., Um, Before the January 6th. Oh, man, the insurrection. Yeah. Yep. Before that. And then the movie Non-Essential, which if everyone hasn't seen that, that was an awesome movie. And I think that's where I actually officially met you was Mm. at the viewing of Non-Essential. And that was back when everything was locked down. And it was like we were these rebels for all getting together in a movie theater without masks on. And what a sick, it was insanity. How did this happen so fast? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I look back at that and I remember sitting in that movie theater and, you know, everyone's there without masks and gathering. And it was like this. Uh, are we going to get in trouble? Is the business going to get shut down? I mean, most of us there were like bring it on. Right. And I, you spoke, Morgan Philpot spoke, mm-hmm. and it was so inspiring. In fact, I attribute a lot to you actually for my journey in getting involved politically, because it was sitting in that movie theater that I had such a distinct impression that I needed to be a voice. Mm-hmm. As you guys were up there, I just had that, that impression of, you're going to be speaking. You need to be a voice. And, and so now look at you. I you're, thank you're you for Lake that. Salt Lake Tribune's number one target right now. <laughs> right. And by the way, weren't <laughs> you Salt Lake Tribune's Utah of the Year a few well, years back? Well, they didn't want that. <laughs> I know. I think they put me on there to make fun of me. I know. But then you ended up winning by a landslide, <laughs> didn't you? But then they still didn't even give it to me, like technically. Oh, they really? gave it to nurses. Oh, geez. So I did win. So you did win. Uh, yeah, I won like 51%. They gave it to the, the TikTok dancers which by the way, I can make fun of nurses because I am one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, no, it was a, that I always, re, it's like, I go back to COVID and it's like just right before it's, it's BC before COVID. That's yeah. how I look at things because that's how, that's how big of an impact it made. And so I always refer back to it because it's like, Hey, here was the, here was the test. Here was the, 
th- this was a big trial run. Mm-hmm. And and so when I talk about it, it's I'm always going to refer back to that. It's like, what are what are you going to do when this happens? Because we saw that anything, anything can happen just yep. like that. Yep. In the blink of an eye. And that's what I feel with COVID is the silver lining of it is it was a huge wake up call, just like you're saying, almost a test run. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't wake up through that, I don't know if there's much hope for you, but I mean, to me, that was just my aha moment of like, you're saying how quickly things can change, how quickly it was mind blowing for me, how quickly people would just go along with it. That's the scary part. Not that the government would come in and try to take away freedoms and liberties like they did. That's almost expected, unfortunately, but how quickly we allowed that to happen. That's right. That should never happen again. Well, and it's all by design because, you know, if you look at the education system, they don't teach about God-given rights. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a friend from Vegas during COVID that's like, well, I'm like, how is it down there? Well, we're just waiting until they let us out. And I'm like, who's they? Yeah. Who's Who's they? they? And the the problem is people just don't know that they have God-given rights that is inherent inside of them over decades, not even talking about it. Right. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, what is that? Well, what is that? So it's a, yeah, I do think it's a huge wake up call. And I think it's just the beginning um, with a lot of things that are happening now. Now you're seeing these cybersecurity, you know, Mm -hmm. after this, uh, Barack Obama movie. I saw the preview. I haven't followed it closely, but I did see the preview of this new movie coming out related to the Obamas, right? Yeah, I saw it. It's really satanic. Wow. You know, cause it's just a foreshadowing. They have to say what that they're going to, I don't know if it's a universal spiritual law that like, you have to say what you're going to do, mm-hmm. right? So this is going to happen. And so by you not doing anything about it, it's kind of a contract, right? So it's 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 a foreshadowing, hey, this is what's going to happen. And then you didn't do anything about it. So it's, it's kind of like, this is your fault. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, take down the grid, you know, all of everything, just a blackout. Mm-hmm. Boom, that comes down. Then there's these direct energy weapons, which is a real thing, not a conspiracy. Um, and then ultimately a civil war, because I do believe that's where they're trying to get us to. Well, and before we get too deep into that, I'll bet a lot of my listeners already know who you are. But just in case there's some who don't, I want to delve a little bit into your background, because I think it's such a great example of how really we should have reacted to during COVID. And some of us did, but you were doing that even prior to COVID in your job in law enforcement Mm. and standing up for your freedom, for liberty. So maybe for those who aren't familiar with your background, talk to us a little bit about when you were a Salt Lake City police officer and your journey there. Well, so I got into it just because it was... You know, I had this guy in my old ward church, he had taken me on this ride along um, the gang unit, the SWAT team he was on. And it was just such an amazing night that I was like, I, I could see myself doing this. I really liked it. Yeah. So I went home, told my wife, she said, you'd be a good cop. So then I put myself through school. I get into it and I really, I got hired Salt Lake City Police and I really was 
very proud of what I was doing because it was like pre-Obama, right? Mm-hmm. So this was like before all of the race stuff started to come into mm-hmm. America. So uh, like nobody thought about it. Yeah. 2007, I get hired. And then Obama comes in 2008 and starts to really stir up. Do you, I don't know if you remember the stuff he was saying, like the police acted stupidly. So he's openly saying, you know, on cases, he's he's commenting on open cases, but he's doing it with a really nasty bias. Mm. So it went from like really hard to become a cop to now look at us, mm-hmm. right? And so I started to see, and my mom warned me, she's like, hey, don't, out of all the departments, don't work for Salt Lake City. I'm like, why? She's like, because it's very political. I'm like, what does politics have to do with police? I mean, this is how (laughs) I had no idea. Right. And then I started to see what she was talking about. Mm -hmm. We had to do, you know, really when I got on their radar, and when I say their radar, I mean the administrators, Mm -hmm. um, they wanted us to do five, our sergeant wanted us to arrest five people per day. Wow. So you had quotas that you were supposed uh, to meet. uh, Absolutely. Like arrest quotas. Wow. So we had, so either take someone to jail or give them a cite because a citation is also an arrest. Mm -hmm. And, and by the way, that's, it's not like this everywhere. You know, there's some agencies that they've got good, you know, sheriffs that understand the constitution and they're properly funded. And, but with Salt Lake city, um, they had a real, real, problem trying to balance this idea that we're there to help people, but yet we got to make sure to arrest them Mm. and to cite them Mm -hmm. and to, you know, because that shows, you know, because at the end of the year, the reason why they do that, in my opinion, is because at the end of the year, they, they turn in these stats for grants from the feds. All comes back to money. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And so now, so, so now it makes sense to me like, oh my gosh, this is a big, this is an industry right? that has to be fed. Yep. And so anyway, I, I, I even though I already was doing that, I told my sergeant, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I'm not. I said, that's not okay. I said, what if the citizens knew we had to do it? What if we don't do it? Then what? Are we going to get in trouble because we don't? Right. So, you know, and I, I don't know if I could have done it any bit better, but that night I just, I turned in three instead of five. Yeah, and so I challenged, kind of yeah, I challenged them, yeah. but I was already their number one guy, like out of 19 bike cops. So this wasn't about being lazy. I was their number one person in most categories from drug arrest to, you know, citations to business checks anyway. So I, he was very, very upset, screamed at me in front of everyone, made me stay after shift an extra hour to arrest two more people. I still wouldn't do it. Wow. So I'm sitting there. All my buddies have gone home. So me and the sergeant are literally at like one in the morning. I don't know what time. It was late. We're sitting at in an intersection. I'm in my car and he's in his car. And I'm I'm just sitting there. And he's waiting for you to, he's waiting to arrest, for me two, to more arrest two more people. <laughs> wow. And so I don't do it. And then he says, go home. And so I didn't get written up officially. And the reason why I didn't get written up officially is because then it would have to be officially documented Mm -hmm. that That they had a quota. quota. So that's kind of where it started. And I didn't understand the depth of what I did because there was a whole bunch of people that were really upset with me. Mm -hmm. And then there was a whole bunch of people that were really happy that I did that. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's kind of like, yep, you challenged this. Right. So my name started getting spread around 
kind of for good and bad. Mm-hmm. And I could not get picked up after that. They took me off the bicycle squad uh, rotation early, and I couldn't get picked up anywhere. But yet I had never been written up. Wow. So finally I go to the motorcycle unit to, to try out, and, and I pass. So there were four of us that passed out of 12 guys. It's a really hard school. And they took three, but yet there were four spots open. I didn't get picked up. Mm. So I went to the supervisor. I'm like, hey, so I, I know I wasn't the best rider, but I passed. Right. Well, you know, I guess there's rumors that you're insubordinate. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I said, is this about the quotas? So I had to like show my case and say, I was the n- number one worker. This was about trying to force right. this. Right. So I had to like, you know. And so then um, within probably a couple days, all of a sudden, the, the deputy chief said, hey, do you want to come to Motors? And I don't know if if it was because he liked me or if because they were worried mm-hmm. that I might say something that I was getting passed up right. and getting punished. Right. Which is a big deal. They're not allowed to do that. <laughs> That's right. So, so, so I get onto the motorcycle unit and... Things were things were going great, you know. I liked it, um, but they told us that we had to do 20, 20 tickets a day. So you still had quotas. Or two now DU- you're up to twenty. Or two DUIs, and at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm just giving up. I'm going to just do DUIs. Mm-hmm. I I need I need my job. Right. Right. And I believed. I mean, I believe that people shouldn't be on the street, you know, intoxicated. So, um. So that was going good. I was the number one DUI officer, probably for sure in the department, maybe even the state of Utah. I had like 160 DUIs right around there in one year. Wow. And the next guy below me had like 80. And so then it came down with an assignment that they wanted five of us to come and celebrate in the LGBTQ parade um, in our uniforms. And they wanted us to lead the parade. Wow. So not just go, hey, we need you to, you know, provide some security aspect. It was we want you to actually be part of the parade. Yeah, like when the when the motorcycles do the celebration spins. Uh-huh. You know, like, Oh, they wanted Ooh. you guys to do those. Yeah, like you're spinning around at the first. Oh my god. As as part of the thing. Right. And I was like, Hey, um, I went to another officer discreetly. I said, Hey, will you do this part of it and I'll just do your traffic? And he's like, yeah, no problem. So we switch. So you got it worked out. So we switch. And this is about a week before the parade. And then about an hour after I switch, I get an email from one of the sergeants that's over the whole event that said, there will be no trading in or out of this assignment. Why? What would be the purpose of that? What's it to him if you ride versus someone else? Well, what's it to him is because he got wind. Yeah. He got wind, obviously. Right. Because that, I've never seen an email like that ever. Mm-hmm. Because it's in our policy to trade. Mm-hmm. In fact, my sergeant, my direct sergeant at the time, didn't even go to the parade because he said, quote, it's gross. Wow. So he didn't even go. So it was okay for him not to go, but you're not allowed to trade out your position. Yeah. So it's just crazy because everybody knew, like everybody, all the motorcycle officers, they they had issues. A lot of them had issues with it, but mm-hmm. you know, what are they going to do? Yep. I need my job. I need my job. Yeah, right? We so, heard that all through COVID too. Oh, I just need my job. This is a long story short. 
um, they call me into the into the deputy chief's office, and they took my badge and my gun for discrimination. Wow! And I felt like, like I I felt like I was in a movie. I felt like I can't explain the feeling that I had when they told me that, and I was like. I couldn't believe it. So they took my badge and my gun for discrimination, put me on administrative leave. So now they're investigating me for bigotry. Wow. Meanwhile, you're being discriminated against. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this is just unreal. I mean, unfortunately, not surprising in today's world, but yeah, but this truly is in unreal. 2014. Wow. And so all two days later, Salt Lake Tribune, <laughs> of course, lied. Course. Now they were probably just getting their information by somebody. Somebody leaked it out, mm -hmm. and the headline is "Officer Refuses Gay Pride Parade." So it had nothing to do with the cell. It wasn't the truth because they didn't actually do the investigation. And so then I then then the the public information officer is now standing on the steps. We do not tolerate bigotry <laughs> and hatred in what our organization. A joke. So wow. I saw that and I was like, I'm out. Yeah. There's no possible way I'm going to try to continue to work for these communists. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's just another form of control. Right. And what people don't understand is that this is going to come in all different variations. This, this communist Marxist idea that the government is going to kind of be the arbiters of whatever cultural current truth at the time. Mm -hmm. And they use people. So they want us to be pitted against people because there's good people in the LGBTQ community, a lot of good people. Of course, yeah. But it's the government and the politicians and the corporations, they're the ones that are using them absolutely as objects yep. to make it look like they're, they're the diverse ones right? when really racism and homophobia and sexism and it doesn't mean that, that it's not just... I hate that person, meaning you can be racist or homophobic or sexist if you're using people right. for an agenda. Mm -hmm. If you're going to hand select people, because that's what they were doing. Yeah. That, that's what they do everywhere. They, if, if there's a job or if there's an opening or if there's something, they hand select them right. and then put them in the position. And then when they sometimes can't actually perform then guess what they get sued for after they get fired because they can't perform R racism. Right. So they're, they're creating the monsters that are eating them. Yep. You know, and that's, that's what's happening in politics now. Like if you're not diverse enough, so the, so mayor Becker of Salt Lake city, he was promoting this gay agenda, hardcore. I mean, marrying people in his little, you know, weird red vest. I don't know if you remember that. And, and then pretty soon when his when his competitor or the person that's now running against him, Jackie Biscoops, do you remember this? I don't remember that. She's the first gay woman of Salt Lake to be the mayor. Mm. So that's now her platform. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is these people, they create the monsters that eat them. Yeah. Because they're not diverse enough. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing more bigoted than selecting someone or targeting someone based off of their sexuality. Exactly. So they're the ones, they're the racists. Yeah. They're this, they're, they, the left. And when I say the left, I'm talking about the radicals that 
all they see is race. Yep. All they see is sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. That's that's their view. Right. It, and so and so now that's being passed down into into our education system. Mm-hmm. So then it, then in turn it it teaches all these kids to be racist. Yep. 100%. And now you're seeing all these videos of, you know, 15 black kids just pounding on a white kid, killing him. This uh, this last I don't know where it was at. Was it in California. I can't remember where it's at. Kid just died because he was beat to death because he was standing wow. up for someone else. Wow. And the mainstream media doesn't want to report on it. And so so going back to my story, I'm not a victim. And the reason why I'm not a victim is because my mom warned me <laughs> not to work at Salt Lake City. <laughs> right. So listen to your mom always. <laughs> um, I'm not a victim. It was a very... It was very hard and I still get sad sometimes when I see, you know, cops because I really, I really liked my job in in many ways. I really liked it because I felt like I was helping people and, and tried to represent what law enforcement should be, which is to serve and protect. Right. Yeah. I can relate to that so much from just my own. So on Friday was my anniversary mm-hmm. from getting terminated from the emergency department, which somewhat different circumstances, but also similar in the fact that it was me Conscience. standing up for, yep, my God-given <laughs> rights, right? My inalienable rights and being willing to accept whatever consequence came. But I loved that job. I would have stayed working in the emergency department forever because I truly did love the aspect of being there for people in those true times of need. Right. Um, so it is, it's really sad, but I'm so grateful for examples like you. And I hope that more people, because that's what we need in this country, the people who are allowing this country to be destroyed, it's not actually the big bad government, even though, you know, it is to an extent, they are big and bad, but it's all of those people who are sitting by idly or saying, Oh, I just, I can't lose my job. You know, it all comes back to money. Money should not be what we are ultimately striving for. Security. Right. And safety. Right. Yep. And so I saw that, um, and I was resharing all your stuff, by the way, when that happened, but what I saw in 2014 was that this is going to happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a wave that's coming. Yeah. And so I, I just started to speak out and I decided that, you know what, I'm not going to get back. I tried to get back into law enforcement. I realized this is not my path mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And so since then I've just been very, very passionate about Liberty and about, what it is that not only this country is based on, but the principles of heaven are based on the second Corinthians three seventeen says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is Liberty. And people don't realize if you don't have Liberty, you, you don't have anything, right? You, if you don't have the freedom to be able to make these decisions on your own mm-hmm. and now we're going into this whole climate lie. I mean, you can see the writing on the wall, how they're going to, how they're doing this, right. getting everybody ready. Um, and people that are, you know, make fun of you and me mm-hmm. for talking about, Hey, so there's like a new world order go- global government. That's like getting ready to pounce on everybody. They think we're crazy. Right. Cause we're trying to warn them. 
the irony is they are going to be the same. They're going to be the first people to go right along with it. Oh, absolutely. We saw it <laughs> through COVID. I no longer question. I used to think how in the world did the Holocaust happen? Mm. How were so many Jews murdered? How was that ever allowed to happen? I don't wonder that anymore. I think it's very apparent who those people well, would be Well, it's happening now. right now. It's like people don't, you know, with the with the thing that you put in your arm. Mm -hmm. It's happening right now. Millions of people. I mean, this is worse than the Holocaust if you really want to look at it. Yeah. Did you see this thing yesterday? Now, we don't know. We don't know what, what it is. We don't know, but you've got a... Uh, Utah teen is recovering after going in cardiac arrest at Skyview's weight room on Monday. Hmm. I mean, when are we going to address this? Mm -hmm. When are we going? When are the leaders of Utah, all over leaders of Utah, going to finally address the giant elephant in the room? Right. On this topic. Right. Yeah, it's it, funny when uh, Intermountain Healthcare came and presented to the the city of St. George a couple of months back. And, and I asked them, I said, so are you still mandating the, you know yeah. what on your employees? Oh no, no, nope. We don't do that anymore. Yeah, of course you don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, so now you don't. you don't, I mean, it was a big deal when I was there and can no longer work there. You know, I was removed from the schedule when I said, no, thank you. I'm not getting that, but yeah. oh no, don't worry. Yeah, but they it's, don't it's want not that. They don't anymore. want that in the devil's kingdom. Cause that's really what this boils down to. In my opinion is a very, very, spiritual, spiritual war that we're fighting over liberty or captivity. Right. Yeah. Back God, to the God very beginning, yeah. right? The, the war in heaven. I always go back to this because that's the, we're seeing this exact same thing play out. And so as all this stuff continues to crash down, my hope, because I always try to like bring hope in, is that this is a character building spiritual simulation that we're in. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. We're here. God, it's like God's just looking down like, okay, who is who, right? Right. You hear the wheat and the tares, the, yep. well, what was it that we were, what, what, what was it that we were originally, what was the argument about? Mm -hmm. Well, it was about Liberty right. and it was about whether we can make decisions on our own. Yeah. And I think the test or part of the test is, are we willing to sacrifice those temporal things, right? Our jobs, our security, whatever it may be for liberty, which I love your definition of liberty, by the way, the freedom plus, plus morality yes. equals liberty. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And I do. I think that's what it comes down to is, are we willing to stand up and defend that because that is God's plan, right? Well, it's the only way that we can become what he, what he wants us to become like, you know, and you can see that on a spiritual level here. It's like God wants us to become like him, which is with an identity, with a destiny, with purpose, with choices, yeah, with an eternal posterity. Yeah. That's what he wants of us. Well, Satan wants the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. No identity, no destiny, no purpose. No gender. Mm -hmm. And we see that so blatantly right it's now. right here. Is we are going to strip away, starting with children, their very identity. Something as basic and divine 
as gender. We're going to pretend like that doesn't even exist in today's society right. now. Oh yeah, I was I was, I was uh, making some comments on the Tribune. It's like because they get upset with the they they see this you know that the church is so sexist da, da 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 da, and it's like I go on there and I make comments like well. You know, the, the, the church is against women. And I'm like, what is a woman? <laughs> because if, what, what do you mean, what is a woman? Well, define it. Right. So define like, a do woman. Do they exist or do they not exist? Yeah. So explain what a woman is, because if you can't identify what a woman is, then women can't have rights. Mm -hmm. So what are you talking about? Because right. if you try to define what a woman is, you're going to get canceled now. That's right. where we're at. I mean, there was a, there was right here. I just pulled this up. Uh, Seattle high schooler marked incorrect on quiz for saying only women can get pregnant. I mean, this is this is happening right now. And we laugh, but this kid, oh, whoever this kid so is, disturbing. The, the, their their grades are now, you know. And then I just read this right here. It says, uh, um, "GOP attorneys uh, blast Biden admin over new rule to ban Christians from becoming foster care parents over gender views." Wow. So, so two out of three families that are in the foster care are Christian. This is where we're headed. Yeah, you want to talk about discrimination? <laughs> it is truly right. Christians who are being discriminated against. It really is in well, today's yeah, but, day and age. But the irony is that it's it's also Christians. Okay, I, I do the air quotes. Right, going along with it. That are not that are not only going along with it, but are advocating for it mm -hmm. in the name of love. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you. Um, it's, it's our biggest demise. Like we're, we've got people even in this state that are openly advocating for certain behavior in the name of freedom. Right. And, and, and society, we're going to tolerate a society that tolerates everything will eventually lose everything. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what's so frustrating to me about Utah culture because we have such an amazing place here. There's no doubt. I mean, and you have that dichotomy. Anytime there's a lot of good, a lot of brilliance, there's going to be a lot of evil, right? And that's very prevalent here. But what bothers me so much about the culture, and we see this in our elections here, is because of that culture of worshiping niceness mm -hmm. instead of worshiping truth, truth. Yeah. and, you know, Jesus Christ, but, you know, even that aside, truth we are going to just keep electing people over and over and over who don't even represent the values of the community or advocate for true freedom and liberty, but they're so nice. Yeah. They say it with a smile on their face when they screw us over. So let's just keep voting for them yeah. because those people who are speaking truth, they're just so mean. We can't vote for them. Yeah, we're we're most definitely on on track for destruction and i know that sounds crazy but we are a modern day america is like a modern day rome yeah like a modern day egypt to where we've gotten to this place to where the it's about to pop because and and again i think it's all part of the wheat and the tear situation god's just looking down what are you willing to allow mm -hmm. what are you willing and so even if you even if you're not out in the fight what well, what do you think about this stuff Right. And, and, and we're going to be judged on the desires of our heart. So even if it's like, there's no hiding, yeah, there's no more hiding. You've got to stand up and you got to, and you've got to 
speak. And I know that that's scary at first, but just get out there and speak. If you if something's passionate, if you're passionate about something, speak about it. Right. Because I believe that that whatever it is that you're passionate about is part of your earthly mission. I totally agree. In fact, just the other day, I was driving and I was really frustrated about some of the things that are going on. And I just, I was literally having this, you know, internal conversation of why do I have to care so much? (laughs) Like, why do I have to be so passionate about this? And I had such a distinct impression and words come to me that said, I gave you that fire. I love it. I know that we are passionate about these things for a reason. There's not a coincidence that we are born at this time in history for a reason, right? It's not a coincidence we get passionate about certain issues. We can't bury that. We have to stand up and be a voice and come what may and fear God more than man. And you are such a great example of that. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I try, I I am passionate about this stuff. I'm a sinner, but I am a hundred percent convinced that the kingdom of God is liberty. And if you're standing for liberty, I don't care what faith you're in. Right. Whatever religion you're in, stand up for what's true. Because what's true is God. Amen. And and that's what we're going to see. You're going to see a lot of religious people that just kind of go along with the motions of mm-hmm. things. You're going to see them and you're going to you're you're going to watch a giant sifting. And that's going to be between what's truth and not. Yeah, and, and we're no already matter, seeing it. No matter who, who you are, as long as you're standing with truth, you're standing with God. Yeah. So what's true? But you can't stand with truth unless you're speaking truth, unless right. you're doing truth. That's how you become truth. So do you feel like is that what, I mean, kind of going back to what you experienced with the Salt Lake City Police Department. How did you pull yourself out of that? Because I know that is such a difficult thing to go through. And how did you go from there to to where you are today? An author, public speaker, activist, Um, business owner. I just went along with what I'm passionate about, which is liberty. Yeah, That's what I'm passionate about. And so to me, it's like, I, that's the, that's what, I, I don't know. It's who I am, you know? And so so I just try to continue to, okay, what what do I got to do today? What do I got to do? I'm trying to really focus more on my family. But at the same time, it's like we're, there's going to come a time where it's like, okay, pencil's down, you know, the te- it's up. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be judged on that. Yeah. What did you do on that time? You know, because if we're really to become like God, God is not only a God of peace, but God is also a God of war. Exodus fifteen three. the Lord is a man of war. Mm-hmm. And so if we want to become and we want to be part of that kingdom, we have to know how to battle evil or else we will not be prepared for the kingdom. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You want to become a king and a queen, you got to know how to defend your kingdom. So God's just seeing how we are acting and wh- who it is we're becoming. That's what the kingdom of God is made up of. And in my opinion, and so how I trend, how I like came to, to be is to just follow my passion. That's why I always try to tell people, what are you passionate about? Start speaking on that. Mm-hmm. You're going to get resistance. You're going to get pushback mm-hmm. when you become the light in whatever dark conversations going on and you say something true, all that darkness is going to come up on you. 
Absolutely. That's how you elevate. That's yeah. how you rise. That's how you gain, you know, that which is of God is light. And if you continue in light and truth, then you'll receive more. Right. Yeah, that's so true. And I think so many people are afraid. They let that fear control them of, oh, I don't want that opposition to come at yeah. me, right? Like nobody wants to be the the target of the Salt Lake Tribune or, <laughs> you know, nobody wants to lose their job or be called the crazy conspiracy theorist. But what gives me comfort, and I'm so, so far from perfect and so far from being <laughs> like Jesus, but I look back and think at every influential person in history who I admire. I mean, obviously the biggest being Jesus Christ, but you look at any influential person in history, all of them were called crazy. All of them were literally put through hell and darkness and had a certain percentage of the population that hated them. Right. And but ultimately killed. And yeah. A lot of them. But you look at what they stood for. I would so much rather strive to become someone like them mm -hmm. than someone who's too afraid to do anything and, you know, sits in my house and mm -hmm. lives day to day, paycheck to paycheck or, you know, whatever that may be. So, yeah, I feel like just like what you're saying, the more we can look within at what we are passionate about mm -hmm. and go forward with faith and That's not right. fear. Well, and I think your calling and your mission is on the other side of what you're afraid of. Great point. When, whenever you're afraid of something, you take notice because that's usually what you're supposed mm, to do. Yeah. Because Satan will put that fear right on you and you're like, why am I so afraid of this? Well, yeah. it's because you're supposed to do it and you're supposed to say something. Right. So that's what I, ju I just challenge anyone that hasn't like used their voice to start using it. And you're going to get pushed back, but that's, that's ultimately how you become what God wants you to become like. Right. And so you've written a book, Dispatch. Yeah, Dispatch. It's at ericmutsos.com. You can read it for free. If you want to hold a copy of it, you can go to freedomblends.com and get a copy of it. Which um, I love your Freedom Blends too, by the way. Freedom Fuel. Love it. In fact, good. my whole family uses it. Yeah, it's so. good stuff. So check that out too. So freedomblends.com. Freedomblends.com. Yeah, but if you want to read my book, you can go there. You can watch a documentary there, non-essential. Um, but I don't know how much <laughs> that we were talking before on the censorship, what's happening. I don't know how much more time we have, um, online, but it's, we're coming close. I don't know what, I don't know. I hope we have more time. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking before the show of, you know, he's got a lot of followers on, on Instagram, but he's heavily shadowed. I'm heavily shadowed as well. I don't have uh -huh. near the amount of followers, but yeah, it's like I post anything and I used to get hundreds of responses. Mm -hmm. Now I'm lucky if I get 20, 30. Right. It's, it's very noticeable that there's an intentional shadowing and censoring of people who are willing to speak against the narrative, willing mm -hmm. to speak truth. It's really sad and really scary, but mm -hmm. that's the world we're in right now. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's a total war and it's, it's coming. It's, it's here. And so just stand up and do what's right because, you know, that's, that's why we're here. This is one big test to see if we're willing to, to be on the right side of these things and to, and to become something. Right. Yep. That's what it's and, all about. And to become something. So what brings you hope? Because I know it can be dark in this battle. Oh, well, what brings me hope is, is God, like the, the, you have to experience the opposition. Yeah. You know, like we're here. We wouldn't know 
light if we didn't know darkness. We wouldn't know sickness or we wouldn't know health if we didn't get sick. So we're here to experience the opposition. And I have so much hope. Well, let me read a scripture. Okay. And then we yeah, can we've be done. Yeah, we've got just a few more seconds um, here. Well, basically the scripture is don't worry. <laughs> don't fear because it's going to be great. Yep. Trust in the Lord thy God that, with all thy heart. There it is. Right? Awesome. Eric Mutzos, thank you so much. Let's do this again. You're so awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for being a part of the Michelle Tanner podcast. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share. And always remember to keep exposing truth. But I won't back down. No, I won't back down. This has been a production from a podcast studio.